0: Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. Glad you're here with us. We'll make it in here to the podium and just have a grand time this morning studying 2 Timothy chapter 2. This will be session 6 today. We've traveled uh, through these scriptures and we're just excited to be going through them today with you. And uh, the Lord's really been good to us pouring out the... Pouring out the truth uh, of, of, of his word. And we're just so thankful to be able to gather and share the truth of God's word every Friday morning here on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. And we've gone through the entirety of the book of Galatians and Ephesians. Took about a year and a half to get through each of those uh, separately. And uh, from verse one, chapter one, verse one to the end of both the books. And I tell you, it's just been a tremendous time. I guess we've been doing this on Friday mornings for over four years now, close to it. And uh, it's just so precious. So if you're anywhere in the area, especially our people of Crossway Church, would love to have you here in the studio. I know many of you wish you lived closer so you could be here with us. And and we're just so grateful to be learning and growing as we are by the Spirit of God today. And uh, I just want to say before we dig in this morning how precious and powerful and unforgetful determined camp meeting was this year in Dublin, Georgia. I, I tell you, I, I just there's nothing like being able to be in the mix with people, to hear the power of the gospel, to watch people be, being a uh, 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 spirit filled and, and, and hearing the truth that will equip them and walk, uh, allow them to walk with the power of God in the days the dark days that are coming and the fellowship and everything about the whole camp meeting was was just phenomenal the presence of the Lord was the greatest thing about the camp meeting who brought us the word and imparted the word and 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 met the needs of the people that were there and the fellowship the fellowship is was beyond I'm telling you if you if you are some of those folks that God has brought out of these religious routines and methods back to faith and grace back to a focus on the cross you need to make sure you're in these determined camp meetings God has been determined before the foundation of the world the Bible says he predetermined he predestined he predetermined hallelujah that his son would be given for all of humanity And the the determination Paul had to preach nothing but Christ and him crucified, it came from the Lord. And today ministers are finding that determination and you won't be sorry that you came. The only thing you'll be sorry about is that you didn't come before. That was our seventh annual Determined Camp Meeting. So uh, w- be sure and, and pay close attention for the advertisements of that here in a few months of where it will be and and all the information about those meetings, the praise and worship, the fellowship, the Word of God, the, I mean, the altar calls everything about determined camp meeting is a close-knit, not an exclusive group, as we've been accused. We're not excluding anybody. Everybody's invited, but we it, it, you get to fellowship, right? One-on-one, sit down and break bread together. What a time that is. Glory to God. And uh, also, uh, before we dig in, one more thing today. Robin and I will be going to Lima Ohio, will be there uh, the 15th of, I'm sorry, it'll be the 16th, whatever that day is, it's on a Saturday right there, the 16th maybe, uh, or the 15th, uh, one of those two, that Saturday will be in Lima, Ohio uh, at the Hampton Inn and we'll be teaching the Word of God at 10 a.m. that morning until lunch, and then we'll break. We'll come back at 5. We'll have an evening service, and it's just whosoever wants to come and learn the Word of God in the context of Calvary, the very context it was written in, and just to pray for each other and be equipped and have a great time of fellowship that one day, all day, just about. So put that on your calendar. I can tell you, let me look over here uh, and, and, and uh, make sure that I, I've got that right. Uh, let me just make sure. Uh, January the 16th, that's the Saturday. So you'll want to put that on your calendar. And you'll want to be there with us that Saturday. It'll be a grand day of fellowship. Hallelujah. And we're excited about going. And uh, just excited about what God's going to say, what He's going to do, what He's going to impart to the hearts of His people. Praise God. God. So here we are today. We are in the book of 2 Timothy. We are in chapter 2. This on this sixth session on the 30th day of October in 2020. And we're going to begin this morning in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 14. 2 Timothy 2 and 14. And Paul, as you know, he's just Uh, uh, went through a a thing of talking about how he endures all things no matter what it is so that he can see those elect saved and that they also obtain the salvation. He's talking about people getting saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, learning how to live for God. He's going to endure no matter what. He's not going to quit. Then he says in verse 11, we're backtracking just a moment. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with Him, that means faith in the cross, we shall also live with Him. That means resurrection power because our faith is in His death. Hallelujah. Pastor Scotty Williams at at this year's determined camp meeting made one of the many phenomenal statements there under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that the child of God can only grow where He's planted. And the Bible says clearly that as a born-again child of God, we've been planted in the likeness of Christ's death. Therefore, we again today reckon ourselves again today to be dead indeed unto the sin nature and alive unto God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So it's a faithful say. For if we be dead with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. And your faith is in the cross, my friend. Suffering is a part of that walk. Paul told the church at Philippi that at the very end of that first chapter, I believe it's verse 29, that you're, you, we've been given two things, many things, but two things as Paul focused here in the context of our walk and lives that are becoming the gospel. We've been given to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to suffer for the name of Christ. And when you're living, I didn't say going to church. Praise God for church. I didn't say when you're reading your Bible to have a prayer life. Praise God. You need to be in all involved in all those and a whole lot more. Hallelujah. But when you're living, the Christian life. When your faith is in Christ and Him crucified and you realize that you're planted together with Him in His death and that you don't have to uh, try to make things happen, the Holy Spirit can now guide you because that's the only law He works according to is your faith in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 2. Then you're going to find yourself in a place of suffering. People are going to see your humility as weakness. They're going to see your faith, your confidence as uh, 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 pride and arrogance. You're going to be mistaken for a lot of things. They told Jesus the works that he was doing was of the devil. Jesus had to finally tell them, no, your daddy is the devil. You can find that in Rome and John chapter 8. But... If you're living the Christian life, I'm not, I'm not talking about going to church again or doing this. I'm talking about living Christ. The Bible says to live, for the Christian, to live is Christ. The expression of Christ. If that's not the expression, we're not experiencing life. Christ is our life. He is the eternal life that we Already have. Hallelujah. So, he says, if we believe not, yet he abides faithful, he won't deny himself. He cannot deny himself. Amen. That's good stuff. He says here, now this is where we're going to begin today. That was just a little back up, scratch your feet and dig in, get ready to blast off. But here in verse 14, he says, of these things. Now, you see why we had to back up. Of these things, put them in remembrance. That's Something that we need to take note of. Uh, the Lord didn't tell Paul, now they've got to, yes, put it on the back burner, let's move on to a new thing. No, put of these things, put them in remembrance. Remembering, remembering. How much scripture, how much have you learned, and how much are you learning to remember? It's very important. You say, well, I don't have a good memory. Well, I, I, I bet you remember which key it is that unlocks your house, and I bet you I bet you, uh, you, remember what channel your favorite blah, blah, blah is on. Oh, yeah, you need, if, you, if your memory's not working that good in the Scriptures, you need to stay in the Scriptures. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not being ugly, just not picking, just letting you know. We can remember to do all kinds of things if we'd get in the Word, become a student. Of the word, the Holy Spirit would bring the word to our remembrance. Praise be to God. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them. That word means commanding them. Oh, we don't like that. Now you don't be telling me what to do, preacher. (laughs) Charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit. But to the subverting of the hearers. Now, last week we touched on this at the end of the uh, broadcast, and I want to dig a little bit right here for a moment because this is one of those things in the scriptures of many that if you just read right through it and past it, you'll think it means something else. He, let me read to you what it sounds like it means. And then we'll discuss what it means. This is what it sounds like it means. He says, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but, it sounds like, buddy, say, but strive to the subverting of the hearers. But that's not what he's saying. And when you look up the word subverting, you know that it's talking about the result of words that have no profit. Hmm. Now, I'm going to give you the definition. I always say this, look the word up for yourself. Not necessarily because you don't trust me, but mainly so you can see it for your own self. There's there's something special about taking the time to look something up for yourself instead of just listening to someone else. You can get a blessing listening, but you get a greater blessing when you spend the time to go get it For yourself. Watch this now. The word subvert means to ruin. Uh, You should write these down. You should should make a note of these. To subvert means to ruin, it means to overthrow, it means to bring about destruction, it means to uh, cause apostasy. Now, think about this. These are what the words. Accomplish that won't profit anything Listen to me very carefully. Words, he's, he's talking on a spiritual level here. He's not talking about going out and uh, teaching your kids to put gas in your car. He's talking about spiritual things for learning and for growth and the things and the plan, the will of our faithful Lord. Hallelujah. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about ministry. He's talking about learning and growing in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, bearing his uh, witness all the days of our life. That's what he's talking about here. And he's he's trying to get Timothy, the folks in Ephesus there, and you and me to realize he wants us to see, the Lord wants us to see that words that bring about no profit spiritually, it's not that they just stop right there. Well, that didn't profit me. If it's not profiting you, it is hurting you. Mm. Oh, do we need to hear that again. Words that are not profiting me. We're talking about in church. We're talking about in any kind of Christian ministry. If, if, if I'm not profiting from what's being said, then not only am I, I can't just walk away with no profit. I'm actually walking away when I hear words that don't profit me. I'm walking away with something that has hurt me. Words are powerful. Words are powerful. Now some people take that the wrong way and they don't understand what the Bible means when it says that power, the, uh, the power of life and death is in the tongue. The tongue can cause a lot of bad things to happen. But you're not God and you can't speak things into existence. You can cause lots of problems with your tongue. And yes, you can can cause a lot of uh, bad things to happen. But that scripture, if you understand the Bible in its gospel context, uh, because Jesus said the scriptures were about Him, so we have to look at all of the scriptures through Him and what He did at Calvary, then you'll understand that the power of the tongue has life in it speaking the truth, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The tongue speaks death. If it's showing you any other way than Christ and what He did at Calvary to be initially saved or to walk... In this life, trying to bear His fruit, trying to express Him any other way than the Holy Spirit working in us and through us, which He can only do that through our faith in the cross. The Bible bears that out in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, Psalms 33, 4, and we need to understand that. So the Bible does say Jesus taught that we're going to be judged for every idle word spoken. That's in your Bible. I didn't put it in my notes, but it's there. Google it. Just Google it. Every uh, Judgment for every idle word. The scripture will come up right there for you. you can go look at it. We're going to be judged for every idle word spoken. And we're, talk- we're not talking about talking about the Dallas Cowboys or the weather today. We're talking about on a spiritual level uh, uh, what we think we're getting spiritually for speaking this, uh, what we th- who we think we are for, for speaking this or for leading someone the wrong way. And at this time, we need to bring into the teaching what Paul taught the church in Galatia about them moving into a place and he said this in Galatians chapter 5 verses 1 through 4 that we as the children of God can move away fall from the grace of God and move into a place literally and Paul says it twice in two different ways the first time he says that Christ will not be able to effect you at all he won't be able to profit you at all there's that word profit that Christ won't be able to profit you or affect you if you've fallen from grace. That means if you're now trusting in, you've been saved, but now you're trusting in someone told you you have to be circumcised to go to heaven or you have to be water baptized to go to heaven or you have to speak in tongues or you have to be in this denomination or... It's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus did at Calvary and your faith in that. And my friend, hear me very carefully. This is why the church is dead and crippled and and paralyzed and, and for the most part not functioning as the body of Christ. The only avenue of Christ having the effect on us and the profit for our lives is through faith in what He did at Calvary. Anybody that speaks against that statement. And I'm talking about a faith today, not your faith 40 years ago. Your faith today has to be in the sacrifice of Christ, not the purpose-driven, not the government of 12, not the words we speak. Those are all things we do. And yes, we're called to function. We've been ordained unto good works to, to walk in them, Ephesians 2.10. But we're God's workmanship and God works in the truth, Psalms 33.4. And that truth is Christ and Him crucified. And our faith in Christ, meaning His death, allows the Holy Spirit to perform the operation of God, whether it was the initial immersing us into the very death of Christ, Romans 6.3. Or it's the Holy Spirit working in us and through us both to will and to do of His good pleasure so that we can bear forth the fruits of God's righteousness, not our own. So it's the words. And I I know what I'm talking about. I, I, I speak from experience of putting things on the table that were no profit. No profit. And remember, we're seeing today in the Scriptures that words that do not profit, then they subvert. The hearer, those that's listening to us. If they're not profiting us spiritually, then they're subverting us. And again, the definition of subvert is to ruin, to overthrow, to destruct, to bring about apostasy. Now, I want you to get this. Back to Paul in the church in Galatia. They were looking away from Christ and Him crucified, they weren't hearing that anymore. They were following folk that weren't preaching that. Oh, this is, this is, this is, oh. So, whenever we're listening to someone using God's Word that does not hear the Holy Spirit leading them to point us to the blood of Jesus, the cross of Christ, the redemption plan of God, the death of Jesus, many ways, but it's all wrapped up in what Paul called Christ and Him crucified. When you stop using that phrase because there's people using it you don't like, you're in trouble. And a lot of times when we find ourselves in that situation, not only are we not using that phrase that Paul used, that these and those are using, but now we're moving away and we're making excuses as to why we're not teaching and preaching God's Word in this context. Every time that we stand before the people of God, whether it's on a, a broadcast as this or in a pulpit where there's people right there in the church or on the street when we're offering them the truth of God's Word, the way to be saved, the way to live saved, if we're not pointing to Christ, there are words that have no profit. And let me say this to you today, My friends. The Word of God has no profit unless it's dipped in the blood, looked at through the blood, believed through faith in the blood. The Word of God has has no profit unless it's looked at, believed, trusted in, seen through the blood of Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews 1 and 1 and 2 that in past times, God spoke to our... In various ways, diverse manners, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by His Son. You look at Hebrews 12, 24. I hope you're writing these things down. You'll see that it's... When God speaks to us by His Son, He speaks through the blood of His Son. Hebrews 12, 24 Flat out tells us that. So back to the lesson today. Paul tells Timothy, and I hope you and I both could have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is telling the church. Not just Paul, not just Timothy, not just Ephesus back in that day, but you and me today. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God if we're hearing it in its righteous context. See, we can only go, I have to always bring this in, You and I as the children of God can only go from faith to faith if the righteousness of God is being revealed in the gospel. That lets us know that yes, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and faith moves us because it is an action word, a verb. We're moved by faith, but where are we going? To faith, from faith to faith. From faith to faith as the righteousness of God's Word is revealed to us in the gospel. And the Lord showed me a few weeks ago a powerful scripture. I'm not going to turn there today, but you need to write this down. Make a note of it. Go look for yourself. In the old covenant, Moses would take the blood after the word of the covenant was read. And in Exodus 24 and 8, the Bible says, Moses speaking on behalf of the Lord to the people, he says, Behold the blood of the covenant which I've made with you concerning all these words of the covenant. You need to write that down. You need to go look at that. You need to hold dearly to that. When we use God's Word outside of the avenue of Christ and Him crucified, we're holding the truth of God in an unrighteous status and we're speaking words that cannot profit. And if they can't profit, they're subverting, they're hurting. Now, listen, knowledge is increasing in these last days. The knowledge of, not just the knowledge of technology, The knowledge of everything is increasing in these last days. But when God spoke that to the prophet Daniel under the old covenant, his main focus, I believe, I'm sure, was about the knowledge of God's redemption plan. The knowledge, because that's the knowledge God has told us to grow in. The knowledge and the grace, that which God does if we'll believe what He's teaching us, we can learn because He will apply and lead us in it. Hallelujah. The knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not, about words to no profit, and remember, back to the church in Galatia, what Paul told them: You're looking away from the cross. You're listening to words now that can't profit you. Christ can't profit you, can't affect you. You've fallen from grace. Grace is where Christ affects us and profits us, and grace. Is the avenue through which Jesus tasted death for us, Hebrews 2 9, and the only avenue through our faith in that which grace flows into our life today, and grace reigns through righteousness, the righteous work of Christ at Calvary, Romans 5 21. I hope you're writing these things down to look at them at some point. Don't strive about words that don't profit. We don't waste a service. We don't waste a teaching session. We don't waste a a preaching session. We don't waste an opportunity to share the gospel. It makes no difference if people are asking us about the baptism with the Holy Spirit or what must I do to have a family or uh, raise my children in the admonition of the Lord. We always use God's Word because there we find the answer for all things. But we must cling to the nail-scarred hand. Yes, our faith is in the Word of God, but in its righteous context. That means in the context of Christ and Him crucified. Behold the blood that God has shed for all of humanity. Hebrews 2.9 tells us that concerning all the words of His covenant. All the words of His covenant. Behold the blood For when you look back to the cross and you cling to the work of Christ performed there for you and it's in your heart, you're not trying to make your own way, you're not trying to make your ministry work, the Holy Spirit takes control and He will do it all. Hallelujah. My goodness. My goodness. I'm going to read it again. Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers, the ruin of the hearers. Now whether we like it or not, or whether we agree with it or not, God is increasing His knowledge in these last days. And some people are not going to believe, even though it's the Bible, nothing I've said is not scriptural this morning, nothing, not one thing. Not my my twist on it, I'm telling you what the Bible says this morning. And some people are just not going to go because brother so-and-so, pastor so-and-so didn't say it. It's in the Bible. And when that's the way it really is for us, then we're following men and not the truth of God's Word. And I know I'm helping somebody today. God's calling His people out of all the mess that's out there. We've trusted in ourselves far too long, not decades, centuries. We've trusted in ourselves. Until we come back to the cross, we're trusting in ourselves. That's why we've been paralyzed and crippled. And at best, people have been saved. And over the last... Three or four hundred years, people have, uh, or a couple of hundred of years, people have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. But if we don't know the avenue through which the Holy Spirit works, the baptism with the Holy Spirit goes out the window. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is in the preaching of the cross and the believing in the heart the work of Christ at Calvary. When we separate those things and we don't understand Christ and what He did at Calvary 2,000 years ago and how that functions in my life today, then we're going to be in big trouble. And we're going to sit and listen to words that are not profiting us. Been there. 99% of the church is there right now. And we're going to leave church and say hallelujah. That's the best message I've ever heard. But it didn't even point you to Christ. It didn't even point you to His work at Calvary. And we thought it was the best message we ever heard. That's called deception. And the words are not profiting us. I was there for years. They're not profiting us. They're subverting us. They're bringing us to ruin. It's why we can't ever get past this thing and we don't know how to get delivered from this thing that's holding me in chains and nobody knows it but me. But soon everybody is because it's getting bigger and bigger. Come on now. you got to come back to Calvary. Calvary. You got to come back there and you stay there. You don't run by and get you an armful. You go back there. You take all your garments off and you put His garment of righteousness back on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The church in Sardis, Revelation chapter 3, almost all of them in that church, their garments. That garment of righteousness had become stained because they weren't hearing and receiving any longer of the Lord. Oh, they were hearing and receiving But what they were hearing were words that did not profit, but words that were ruining them, causing them to apostatize, causing them destruction. Oh, but they thought they were a church that was alive. Oh, they had a name that they were alive, but Jesus said, you're really dead. How about the church of Laodicea that thought they didn't need anything? We got everything we need. Jesus said, no, you're blind, naked, and wretched. Church is waking up today. The church is waking up today. And all this dead, fake believing and fake receiving, we're coming back to Calvary, my friend. God's bringing His people back to Calvary because there's where we hear, there's where we receive, and that's the only place that keeps our garments unspotted. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I know that today. I'm so glad it doesn't make me better than anybody else. It doesn't make me up on some platform. Matter of fact I'm lower than probably everybody else. I don't have as much knowledge as most people but I tell you I got one little piece of knowledge that is a jewel and more than gold and silver to me and his name is Jesus and the work he did at Calvary. Oh my goodness I found a treasure of life in him. I found the way of life. I found the wisdom that brings life. I found the whole package is found in Christ at Calvary. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, watch this now. He goes on to say, we could stay here on this for quite a while. There's a lot of scripture we could pull into this and I hope you've taken notes and you'll get with the Lord later in prayer in your own study and allow him to pour into you. Glory to God. For it surely is not about listening to me for an hour on Friday morning. Get notes and get with God in prayer. And study on your own time and watch what He pours into your life. Watch what He pours into your life. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. And then He goes on to say in verse 15 study to show yourself approved unto God. <laughs> hey, now wait a minute. Let's talk about that for a minute. I'm already approved unto God. Am I not? Am- are we not already approved through our faith in the blood? God approved of us when he saw our faith in the one he approved of on the cross, carrying out in humility and obedience the command he'd been given to lay his life down. John 10, 18. Glory to God. God saw, approved, righteous, and then justified. And I had to say it in that order because God can't justify anything that's not righteous. That's all he justifies. God doesn't justify anything that's not righteous. Romans 5, 17, 16, and 17. We'll put that right there in the progression that it's in. The free gift of righteousness through your faith in the righteous one and what he did at Calvary makes you righteous in him justified. God justifies the ungodly through faith in the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, and his work at Calvary. Are you all right this morning? Now watch. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Study to show yourself. (laughs) Study to show yourself. God's got lots of things to show you they're found in the Word of God of course everything He's going to show you is going to be found in the Word of God but the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us and went to the cross for us Hallelujah! therefore when God's trying to <coughs> excuse me, show you give you direction impart to you from His Word you've got to behold the blood behold the blood Of the covenant that I've made with you according to all the words. All the words of this covenant. Back to Exodus 24, 8. If you're just jumping in, write that down. Go look at it. Behold the blood of the covenant which I've made with you concerning all these words. And they just got through reading the law. All the words of the covenant can't do a thing without faith in the blood of the covenant and not yesterday's faith. Now faith is the substance of what I'm hoping for. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. My goodness, what a session today. Somebody who loves the truth is shouting right now, praise be to God. Study to show yourself. You know, the more I study God's Word in the light of Christ and what He did at Calvary, the more I see just how justified I am by what Christ did for me in Him. Not by what I do. I'm I'm not justifying myself. God justified me as an ungodly sinner when I trusted in the obedient act, the humble and obedient act of death on the cross. I'm trusting in Him, Christ, and what He did for me. And God declared me righteous and justified. Let's talk about that for a minute. I got away from it, but let's go back to it. As a Christian, this this what I'm about to say is the reason you should share this video. This what I'm about to say is the reason you should share this so everybody, every Christian you know, could hear it. When you trusted in Jesus Christ and what He did at the cross for your sins, God declared you righteous, then He justified you. He only justifies what's righteous. And you became righteous in Christ. But now, as a Christian, God is looking each day to see if He can justify your fruit, my fruit. It's what I'm... Carrying out is what I'm speaking, is the, the way I'm living something God justifies because remember, all He justifies is righteousness. All He justifies is righteousness. That which is righteous. That's why He made us righteous. He made us servants of righteousness, Romans chapter 6, and told us in Matthew 6, if we Seek His kingdom, His righteousness first. He'll add everything to our lives. Jesus taught in in, in Matthew chapter 5 verse 3, I believe it is, that if you hunger and thirst after, after, I'm after that, righteousness, you'll be filled. Think about that. So every day, the only thing God can justify is righteousness. And that always comes through Christ whether it's for my initial salvation and I'm declared righteous by God in the person and the work of Jesus Christ or it's daily living and the Lord is looking today. His eyes are going to and fro throughout the whole earth, the Word of God says, seeking who he may show his strength on behalf of. Think about that. God is looking everywhere in His church to be able to justify the works that are taking place because they they can only happen in a justifiable manner with God if it's through a faith in the cross. We can't read the Bible and go out here and think, I got to do verse 16, I got to do verse 17, I don't know about 18, but I got... No. We have to be led by the Spirit of God who is the Spirit of truth who will teach us the truth, guide us into the truth we're willing to trust Him in. But all the words of God, the blood of Jesus is concerning all the words of God. The Word of God is without effect if our faith is not today in the blood and we're not learning the Word of God in the context of Jesus. Didn't He say the Scriptures are about Him yeah, he said that like four times in Psalms chapter 40 verse 7. Uh, what was it? John chapter 5 verse 38 and 39. Luke 24, 44 through 46. Uh, Hebrews 10 and 7. The Scriptures, the Word of God, Hebrews 4 and 12 says are alive. God's Word is quick, alive and powerful because it's all about Jesus, the living Word of God who is our life. Hallelujah. Glory to His precious name. Hallelujah. Man, this is good. God only justifies that which is righteous. That's why it's important for you, whoever you might be, whether you have a role in some church or not, to study God's word with your faith anchored in the cross of Christ. Because there you're going to sh- you're going to be showing the Holy Spirit is going to be showing you yourself how proved you are through the blood of Jesus and how to walk in a manner. That's approvable and justifiable to God. I'm talking about your walk. You you don't get saved by what you do. You get saved through faith in what Jesus did. But at the same time, there are works. Ephesians 2.10. We're God's workmanship. Ordained to walk in good works. Ordained, called to walk in good works. It's the same place God says in Hebrews. He set a race before us to run. It's the walk of faith. It's it's trusting in Christ, His sacrificial work at Calvary, and then seeing every word written through that precious blood and declaring that. Hallelujah. Not words that won't profit, that are only subverting, bringing ruin, bringing uh, destruction, causing folks to go and uh, be apostatized. Come back to the cross, preacher. Preach the cross. It's not my message. It's not his. It's, not. it's the message of heaven. It's the witness of God. When God came into Egypt to deliver His people Israel, and He said, Put the blood on the doorpost, and I'm going to destroy the firstborn of all Egypt. And God said, When I see the blood, I'll pass over. You better hear me today. God's looking at the blood, He's looking through the blood, and whatever He's looking at and looking through, He's not called us to look at and to look through anything else. What he's looking at and looking through is what he's called us to look at and look through so that we can hear properly and receive properly. Church of Sardis, Revelation 3. Take a note. Read it later. So that we can hear properly, receive properly and not be in so much need but declaring we don't have need of anything. Declaring we're a church alive but be dead. Come on somebody. Oh deception is rampant today. I've been there. I don't want to go back. And I'm thanking God today for the illumination of His Word in the light of Jesus who is our light and that light switch that came on through His work at Calvary. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Don't let anybody else, no matter how big their ministry is, no matter how powerful that last name might be, no matter how many years this, how many books, CDs, tapes, how well they can do this, you just keep clinging to that nail scarred hand and you'll find yourself traveling down that straight and narrow road. It's a path of righteousness. Glory to God. There are many today, many today who is at my son Andrew, said at the camp meeting one of the Paramount phrases in the camp meeting That came out You you come to a crossroads in your life God may be right now offering you Some of you listening to this Wherever you found this online The opportunity to come back to Calvary You're at a crossroads You're hearing these messengers of the cross You're at a crossroads And God's telling you it's time for you to get determined Just like he did Paul Just like he did us I'm talking about those all over the globe Who's coming back to Calvary and their alone you're at a crossroads you're hearing this and it's it's stirring your heart and you're at that crossroads and it's a choice you'll have to make whether you're going to move on in the more determined to know nothing else but Christ and Him crucified or or you're listening to those voices that are causing no profit because outside of becoming more determined to know nothing else it's words you're listening to it's value on people you've placed wrongly my friend and the more you go down that other way that other way oh you'll say cross every once in a while you'll talk about it every once in a while you'll see it occasionally and they, the folks will hear it occasionally come out through words in your message my friend but the farther you keep going just because you don't like them you don't like that group that ain't why that ain't why you're not that ain't not that's not the real reason why but the more you go down that other road the farther you go even though every once in a while you can see it you'll say it you'll throw it in here But the farther you go down that road, there will come a day when you're entangled again with those who don't want to see it and you no longer see it. There's no profit. There's no effect. Deception is what Jesus said would be the noticeable thing at the very end. And my friend, deception is just... Phenomenal. Deception has always been what it is. You know what it is? Deception is, I don't know that I don't know, but I think I do. I believe I do. I'm sure when the people in the church of Sardis received the message, the letter from John that Jesus gave him, I'm sure some of those said, We don't, we're okay. And I'm sure there were Galatians that read Paul's letter that the Lord sent through him and I'm sure there were Christians there that said we're okay. We're not okay if we're not hearing words that profit and the only profitable words on the planet are God's Word, God's words in the light of Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary. And folks who are running from that narrowness, they're running from God. Oh, they'll put on an emotional show full of feelings. We came out of all that. I'm not going back. I said, we came out of all that. I'm not going back. I love this path of righteousness. The Scriptures declared that because Jesus loved righteousness and hated iniquity, that the Lord gave Him the oil of gladness above all His fellows. That's Jesus. Because He loved righteousness. And when you love righteousness, you'll hate iniquity. My friend, that's the fear of the Lord. that's where the movement and the activity of God is going to be found in your life when you learn righteousness. You're hearing righteousness. You're walking righteousness. Led of the Holy Spirit in that righteous path. Oh, what a blessing it is. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman. See, a workman. Workwoman, workman, whatever workman involved. To show yourself approved unto God. To show yourself a workman. Come on, don't, don't let all this stuff going on in the world make you love your life more than you should be. You're still called to study to show yourself approved unto God, that you're approved unto God. Study the Word of God to show yourself that you've been approved of God. God's God's already approved of you through your faith in Christ at Calvary. Now He's telling the saved, already blood-bought, Spirit-filled church, study to show yourself Approved unto God. How? What, what's the fruit of it? A workman that needs not be ashamed. A workman that needs not be ashamed. There'll be no shame. Christianity has become something shameful in America today. You, you know it's true. I've been in this place saved, born again and, and, and people come up years ago to start talking to me about Jesus, the Word of God and, and things going on in their church and I'd get away from them. Why? Because I didn't know what the Bible said. I was saved. I, I I had become a believer in Christ but I wasn't living that life and when you're not living the life, you don't really want to talk about Jesus. You don't want to talk about the Word. Why? It comes down to being ashamed but why am I ashamed? Because I'm not studying and I'm, i don't. I don't know what the Bible says so I don't have anything to input into the conversation. I may throw in what Granny said or what I heard in the smoking stand out there years ago or the break area. I may throw my two bits in as I did for years. But when I finally got in the Word, then I had this big billboard realization. My Lord, I've been wrong about everything. So has all them other people. You know how it is. You're in a group of people somewhere on the job somewhere and it just all of a sudden moves into a spiritual tone and everybody's just throwing their opinions and thoughts in there and you leave mixed up more than you've ever been. So you know what? You just throw all that away and go on about your business. We've all been there. We've all been there. Bible says study. If you're not studying the Word of God, you're going to end up somewhere down the line ashamed. Ashamed of what? that you don't know what you ought to know because you hadn't studied. I'm not talking about being condemned. I'm not talking about getting saved by studying. I'm talking about so that you can become what God says you are, a workman. You're already approved, but God wants to to see you at work, led by His Spirit, functioning in the gifts, functioning in, in the position, functioning in the avenue that God has put before you to function in. Good mama, good wife, good husband, good daddy, good boss on the job, good truck driver, good welder, whatever it is, you're trusting His Word. You're learning just how approved you are through what Christ did for you at Calvary and you're studying God's Word in that context and you're not going to be ashamed. You're not going to be ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. My Lord, why why would I be ashamed? Why wouldn't I have something to say when things go spiritual? Now that you've studied the Word, 26 years I've been in the Word almost every day of my life and I've learned so much but yet seems so little. But at least now when spiritual things begin to take place, words are spoken, there I can tell them what the Bible says. The Bible, that's one of the most paramount things you'll ever say in company of others when you just say, well, the Bible says... I tell the story, I was years ago working in this place and there was about 12 people on break around this table and this, this woman began to say, well, you know, they're about to prove that homosexuality uh, is found in the genes of the human. And, and uh, I, I sat there and, and, and she said, yeah, I saw it on the news. The, the scientists are getting close to proving it. I said, no, I, that, that's, uh, that's not going to happen and she said, oh, yeah, it is. I saw it myself, a scientist. And I said, well, that's, that's never going to happen. Oh, yes, it is. She was getting angry, and I just kept telling. Now, there was 12, about 12 people around this big old table, and they were all just had their heads up, watching everything, listening right now. And then, and then I said, well, that's never going to happen because the Bible says. And I put myself, God put me in a spot there because I knew that wasn't right, but I didn't have a clue what I was going to say. I didn't have a clue what I was going to say. And all of a sudden, in a moment's time, the Holy Spirit just quickened me and told me two things. He said, first of all, it'll never happen because homosexuality is an abomination to God. That that comes right out of His Word. And then Psalms 127 there, I believe, in the first part of that chapter, the Bible says that children are an inheritance to the Lord. And then he said, why would I create that which is my inheritance to be an abomination to me? Think about it. And I'm telling you, the moment I said, well, the Bible says, every head in that whole place bowed, literally, went down, literally, just because I said the Bible says. It's a powerful phrase if you know what the Bible says. But just to say, well, the Bible says in a public place now, every head in the place bowed except the woman who was right across from me and her eyes were about as big as a Coke bottle bottom and she was just staring at me like, what in the world? And and, and the Lord spoke through me and it shut that down and it was over because literally in the spirit what happened, words of no profit that would cause destruction in the heart of people was taking place and God pierced it with the light of His Word. God pierced the darkness with the light of His Word. And and, and that was so many years ago. And the world has grown, the church has grown so much farther away from the truth than ever before deception is in the majority of all pulpits you need to know, i'm not being ugly i'm I, I, people hear me say that and they think well he thinks he's the only one him and a few others he there uh. you've never heard me say that you'll never hear me say that i pray god that never comes out of my mouth but there is a narrow way And the people today who are rebuking those preaching nothing but Christ and Him crucified, no matter where they're at in the Word of God, are a part of the group of people back when at Sardis they received the letter. I'm sure there were people there that said, I don't think so. In Galatia when they got the letter from Paul and the preacher got up and read it, I'm sure there were folks there that said, I don't think so. We're marching on. We're marching on with Jesus Christ Write down this race of victory He set our feet in. Hallelujah. He put gospel shoes of peace on our feet that we might run this race in the great victory He afforded us at Calvary that we might learn His words of truth in their righteous context. And the Bible does say in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 8 that all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. And there is... No righteousness of God revealed outside the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. I repeat these scriptures all the time for those of you who may listen. You're like, well, wait a minute now. Hold hold everything. It's scripture. It's the Bible. If you're going to live, you're going to have to be moved from faith. We live by faith. And that's the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us, Galatians 2.20. We live by faith, but if we're not moving, we're not living. Faith is a a verb. It's an action word. Where are we going? We're going from faith to faith as the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. All His words, (laughs) behold the blood, behold the blood the blood. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's been a wonderful session today. If anything ever happens uh, to the broadcast on the internet or anything, just giving you this this morning, you can listen to all these messages in their audio form on the Spreaker app. Not speaker, but Spreaker. My channel is for those who have ears to hear. You can also listen to the audio uh, later on the Website, thecrosswaychurch.com and the YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. I encourage you, don't just comment on the broadcast. Don't just hit the like or the love button. Help us. Let's work together to publish the truth of God's Word. Let's not be ashamed of the gospel any longer. Let's share it. Let's publish it. Let's put it out there for everyone to see. That's God's avenue. When you share the truth it's God's avenue as to taking it the directions it will go and imparting that which is needed. Be a part of the publishing of God's Word. Praise the Lord forever. Hallelujah. He's been good to us. Join us every Friday morning right here at 9 a.m. Central Time on the Cross Time with Pastor Curtis Broadcast as we continue to endeavor to travel through the wonderful truths of God's Word found in 2 Timothy. Hallelujah. I love you, praying for you, and we'll see you next time. Until then... Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you next time.